Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Blog Talk Radio through Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones-Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your hosts and guests at area code 646-668-668. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Moore. Kingdom Authority. Power Kingdom. Kingdom Authority. Well, welcome to Kingdom Authority. I am your host. Dancia Jones Morris, Reverend Dancia, some people call me. I like to call myself D and Danny. So just welcome on tonight. I'm so happy that we're you're able to join us this wonderful evening as we talk about you taking authority in your territory. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm telling you, I am rejoicing and I am glad in it. And we have some wonderful men of God who are with us to help us to rejoice in what God has taught us, God has left for us through the word of God in order to help us take authority. Specifically, we're talking about men on tonight. You all have asked for it, and so we're bringing it. And I can't bring it like a man can bring it. So guess what? We have two capable men of God, and I am excited about that. I will let you know that God is up to some great things. He's always great, but we have the opportunity, and this is the time for us to surrender to what God is doing in our lives. There's a quick little thing I want to share as we get ready to go into prayer, and I'm going to turn it over to these great men of God that I'll introduce to you. I want you to know that God is looking for a heart of surrender. He's looking for a heart of surrender so that we can take authority in our territory. The only way to operate this great level of authority is to surrender to God. And he calls us to surrender so that we can walk out what he has planted in us and predestined for us to do. I tell you, the only way the man could get healed, he did. the Bible says that the man was there, and I believe it was 38 long years, and the, Jesus asked him, will thou be made whole? Do you want to get healed? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be restored? He said, yes, I do. He says, okay, well, rise up first of all. Take up your bed, the belongings that you stayed laid on because you felt like that's where you had to be. Get up out of your place, and he said, walk. He didn't say which way. He said to walk. So if you want to go into your territory, I'm challenging you to walk today and surrender to God. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We praise your holy and righteous name. Thou art the great I am. Hallelujah. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And, Father, you're the Ancient of days. Thank you for being our Jehovah. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you for being our Jehovah. Thank you for being our keeper. Thank you for being our Lord. Thank you for being our Savior. I declare today that you are God, and beside you there is none other. Father, thank you for the opportunity to read and to obey your word. I am ecstatic about the fact that you left us this great word. Hallelujah so that we can take authority. We thank you for the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus that destroys 
every yoke, the name of Jesus, where every demon has to bow down and fall to their knees. Thank you, O oh Lord, that even we have to fall down one day to that name. Thank you, O oh God, for the opportunity to be able to witness. Thank you for the opportunity to love. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Oh God, you're great. We are nothing without you, and because of you, we have everything. Don't let us get too puffed up, too proud, too boastful to say we love you, that we adore you, that we surrender to you, that you are our Lord, that you are our Savior, that we move, and we move because you move. We breathe because you breathe into us. Thank you, oh God. You only had to do it once, and we're breathing throughout eternity. You spoke it once and we're still living. Thank you, Jesus. You did it from the beginning. And God, we just want to represent you to the world. We are want to be represent, rep, re, um, representatives of who you are. And we glorify you. We bless you for the people all the way in Ghana right now that are tuning in. Thank you, O oh God, for the young man that's in Korea. Thank you, O oh God, for those who are in um, um, Europe. Thank you, O oh Lord, for those who are in the Virgin Islands. I bless you. Now, God, in the name of Jesus, continue to anoint these two men of God. I pray, God, a push behind them that will thrust them into their territory in an unusual, a peculiar, and 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 and, and um, anointed way. I, oh my goodness! I pray, Lord, that you keep continue to make the crooked places straight. In the name of Jesus, no doubt and no fear shall overcome them. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the listeners on tonight. Open their ears, God. I thank you for opening their ears in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, whatever you will have us to say and do, it is because of you that we do this. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Bless his name. Thank you. Thank you, oh, God. We bless God. What is two? I know I'm going to forget something because I'm in a whole different place right now. But I want you to um, tune in, those of you who are listening, tune in right now. And we have Pastor D'Artamian Leonard who's on the line. Pastor D is on the line. Those of you who have been inboxing me, but you can't say nothing on live, Facebook, and stuff, I understand. But he's on at this time. So, Pastor D, could you just greet the people of God on tonight? Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm just, that prayer just shifted something in me, so I'm trying not to act up, but to God be the glory for everybody that's listening. My God. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. I'm so glad that you're here on tonight, and I will tell you, I cannot introduce you without introducing the great man of God that connected us in the kingdom yes. of God, and he's none other than our brother, Elder Colin Lewis. Elder Colin Lewis, could you just come on and greet the listening audience? Yes, I, I feel much like Pastor D. I had to put my phone on mute because I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, so I thank you for that prayer, and I just thank everyone who's tuning in. I thank those around the world that are supporting uh, this broadcast and your ministry because it is much needed. Uh, we're having a a crisis in the kingdom because many are deciding not to go to church, not because they don't love the Lord, but they're just finding it difficult to interact with people. And so I thank you for this avenue that allows them to ask their questions freely, boldly, and uh, just giving them the vehicle so that they can hear from God. So I thank you for that. 
well, praise to God be the glory, I tell you. It is none other than um, than God that has allowed this because I didn't ask for this. God chose me, and, and all of this has to do with kingdom connections. Someone just thought, I heard this young lady maybe forward my name to somebody else, and I never thought about doing this, but God has done some amazing things with this broadcast. And just because I'm obedient to him, so to God be the glory. I would tell you, obedience is definitely better than anything you can ever give up. Obey God. Amen. So I'm going to turn it over to you, um, to both of you, and we're going to start out, out, um, start out and share. We're talking about the battle within for men, the battle within. If you missed the Facebook Live, you need to tune in. But we're coming on again with Pastor D next week. So don't don't just get stuck on this yesterday. But come on in for next week while we're going to make sure and have that live. So, Elder Colin, I'm going to turn it over to you at this time. Yes. The other thing that I absolutely love that you're doing is you're challenging the body as a whole to address some things that we kind of, it's like the elephant in the room. We see it. We hear about it. We Whether it's TV, the barbershop, the beauty shop, we hear about, you know, men being in crisis, but the one place we refuse to really talk about it is in church. And um, I would bet that probably over 90% of the men that are listening and those that even you know personally never heard their father say to them, you make me proud, you've done well. Uh, men are in such a dire straits today that it's truly only the Lord who can help them. And one of the reasons that that's so uh, true is because many of us struggle with being honest about where we are. And so if, if I'm traveling to Tucson and I'm trying to make it to your house and I call you for directions, the first thing that you genuinely would ask is, where are you? Much like he asked Adam in, in the garden, where are you? Because until you can really locate yourself as far as where you are spiritually, financially, emotionally, uh, health-wise, uh, regardless of the area, if you cannot identify where you are, it's hard for somebody to help direct and guide you to get you to where you either need to be or want to be. And so ah. because so when the Bible says that train up a child in the way it should go, we, we blast these kids today and say, oh, their pants are sagging. And, I mean, you, the list goes on and on. They don't listen. They're always asking why. But the question was train up a child in the way that it should go. But how will they know which way to go if there's not a man there to show them the way? Because oftentimes a lot of mothers, you know, like I said yesterday, women tend to raise their daughters but love their sons. And so we find ourselves in that kind of a dilemma because too often boys are not validated from youth and, and they're told things like you're going to be just like your daddy and you ain't no good and those type things whether it's coming from a, you know, they say hurt people, hurt people. Those things people don't realize a lot of men today are still carrying those, those words and those wounds from childhood. And I'll let Pastor D go from there. Wow. That, that is so true. Um, Elder, um, when we got this, this assignment, I just, as I was just praying and, uh, just begin to just to start, you know, asking God to show me, you know, I have my own personal issues, of course, but just as men as a whole, you know, what are some of the things that we all begin to deal with 
And the only thing I kept hearing the Lord, he just kept saying, he just kept talking about there's a war within. And a lot of us have different struggles, and we all have those things that we like in and really not deal with. Um, and once we begin to allow it to just stay in our hearts, then we become bitter. You know, I began to look at some of the young men here in Virginia, and as I began to come in contact with a lot of them, and a lot of them are angry simply because they've suppressed and held so so um, much, so many things in, you know, not having their father there, you know, not really understanding or knowing exactly, you know, how do I operate as a man? I've been watching TV and seeing what they've been doing, but is this the way that God really intended for me or for my life? And I was looking at Romans, um, I think it was 7, 14 through 25, and I just began, I loved how Paul, he openly began to share his war within. As men, we want to keep things, like I said, suppressed. We don't want to say anything. We want to walk around like we just have it all together. And I tell people all the time, from the pulpit to the door, we all got some stuff going on within us. And those things will begin to happen all the time. And it's a daily struggle um, for most of us. But reading that particular scripture, he doesn't make excuse for sin, nor did he suggest that we just give in and give up. But we have to really get to that point to where we're dealing with what we're going through. You can be the most anointed person. God can, you God has opened up so many doors, and you know people may know your name. And but guess what? You're still dealing with something. And we get behind the pulpit, and we begin to make it seem as though that what we're doing is full of glitz and glamour. But we're too going through something. We we all have oh. this battle in our minds. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know about mm-hmm. anybody else, but sometimes me and the devil go back and forth, and I got to let them know. Listen, you got to stop this. You got to <laughs> stop it. But it's it's a war within. It's, it's it's in our mind. The people can really get in my mind and see how sometimes I just keep going back and forth, back and forth. But the thing is, is that when you know who you are in Christ, you cannot be defeated. And that's the thing that the enemy gets us is right there at our identity. And we make this thing so hard being saved. I don't know who started it. I wish that they could just pray and ask God to forgive them for what they've what, what they've started. But this is not hard as we make it to be. And you know, we have those people now that if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you're going straight to hell. That's not showing for that 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 what that one commandment is more more than one. But God wants us to love. And I really believe that once we start loving people the way that we're supposed to love, especially men, we start loving ourselves and then learning how to love other people, I believe that's when things will begin to start working out the way that they're supposed to. We were given, you know, we were given authority, but what happened is that we, many of us, we missed it. Okay, that we missed it, but now it's time to know, you know, how can I get back? to being the leader of my household, of my family, of my ministry? How can I be effective to those that surround me? And we just, wow, it's a trick of the enemy. It really is. <clears throat> so let, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, um, Elder Colin and I, on the, on the, on the Facebook Live. And there were some questions that came up, and one of the – well, not necessarily questions, but statements that were made. And one of them was about validation 
um, from men. So oftentimes as women, we talk, you know, amongst ourselves and ask, and we say this, that men don't talk. And then I, you know, chose a few years ago to say, yes, they do. It just depends on what they want to talk about, you know. And so one thing that was said was that, that men need validation, and, and Elder Colvin, you kind of touched on it too, and somewhat you did as well, Pastor D, about what goes on in the mind. So what is it that women can do to help, you know, not necessarily bring out, other than raising, I'm talking about they're grown now, you know, what can we do to help bring out, um, to know that we are the help meet? But I'm not married yet, so before oh, Elder, Elder Coley here, because he can give you more <laughs> from a marriage perspective. Um, with me being single, um, and whenever you know, when the Lord allowed me to see who she is, blessed be the name of the Lord. I think that you know, just looking <laughs> and and being able to counsel married couples, and I'm still single to a certain degree because there's only so far that I can you know take them. Um, but I I really believe that. Um, being submissive, and I, I think that's what, because we have a lot of strong women, and I'm so thankful for, for the strong women, but sometimes, you know, you have to let that man lead because that man feels as though that he's not valuable in that relationship or in that marriage because you want to do everything, you want to be in control, and we have to be so very careful because control can turn into manipulation, and that's a form of witchcraft. Go ahead, Elder. Wow. And I'll, and I'll say this as well. Um, uh, I, I struggle with that word validation, but I understand it. Um, but there's little things you can do. For example, as a kid, I can remember seeing my father bring in seven, eight, nine, ten grocery bags, and my mother just simply saying, thank you for doing that. Uh, my mother never, uh, from her adulthood on, ever had to worry about her lights being cut off. She never had to worry of, if I go get my nails done, which, I mean, she really didn't do a lot of, but just as an example, I don't now have to worry about when I get home, I'm going to be in the dark. So my father, uh, when it came to providing, was the greatest example. But what I noticed in the background was how my mother always seemed so appreciative to him for that. So she gave him validation through words by saying thank you see because sometimes we just take it for granted that's what you're supposed to do these your kids you're supposed to take care of them but when you look at society today you see so many that are not for those that are and i think often we forget that um it's hard to do something that you haven't seen so for many of our young men especially they don't really see a lot of fathers they don't see what it means to provide because they see their mother doing it. And so they grow up with this mindset of just like my mother took care of me, I need you to take care of me. And because the roles have been so twisted and reversed, there are a lot of women who are saying, my clock is ticking. So I'm going to go ahead and take care of him because maybe he can change into being what I need him to be. But why would I ever change if you taking care of me? And so I think when it comes to really talking about validation, I look at, um, I look at, I was a, there was an uh, article that I read, and it said that the dad is the destiny. Um, and I don't think that simply meant father in that sense, but that's what the article was talking about. It was around Father's Day. 
And in in the article, it says that 92% of most of the problems in society can be related to the absence of a male in the family, whether it's boys with guns, teenage pregnancies, dropouts in school, prisons being filled to capacity. And then it took me to Malachi chapter 4 when he says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So whenever society is crumbling, like we're seeing now, it's because the roles have been so um, misproportioned. And, and I'm with Pastor D. I, I thank God for the strong women of, of the world because without them, our society would be totally doomed. And I can understand from her perspective that it's hard for me now to trust you because I've been doing this so long by myself that it's hard for me to hand this over to you and you're not ready to do it because often I have children that I'm trying to protect. Uh, you know, this is my house that I don't want to lose. So I understand it. But as Pastor D said, at some point, you have to encourage him to take the lead. Wow. I, I'm telling you that I don't know if many women are listening to that actually speaks to to us um, in regards just kind of look at things a little bit differently. I had someone just um, um, just text me this. They text Ephesians 5.33, and I want to add this. God wants us to give each other what we need the most. What, what are your thoughts on that? I'll say this, um, and I'm pulling Ephesians 5 up as I'm going there. But um, I recall reading somewhere uh, when it talks about uh, walking in love is what I believe Ephesians 5's real message is. Something that I noticed that, something that I noticed is often missed is that throughout the Bible, I'm, I'm looking at where it says, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. Wives, respect right. your husbands. But he tells us to love her. So it seems as though he's he's challenging us to do the very thing that's the hardest. So for Mm -hmm. us, it's very difficult sometimes to love. You know, I use the example of Samson. Um, Once his heart was broken, he was wounded, and he just went out and found the first woman that would even pay him any attention. But Mm -hmm. it seems to me is that women need respect and men need love. Oh, wow. Oftentimes we get some roles wow. reversed and we start singing like Aretha Franklin. All I need, and 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 I'm not saying that women should ever be disrespected, but if right. I was to really follow this and I was to say I'm gonna love my wife just like uh, the like like Jesus loved the church. What is it that He wouldn't do for the church? And if she was to respect the the husband the way that we should respect him, what is it that we wouldn't do for him? Wow. I think too often we misunderstand that word respect because we don't understand the word respect or we don't understand the word submit, just like many of us don't understand um, the word kingdom. We don't understand the law. We took a Western mindset and tried to apply Mm -hmm. it to the Bible but the Bible was written in a whole different culture. And so if you don't understand the culture of a thing, there's certain things called idioms. So like if you were to talk to somebody that were, is in a remote place of Africa and you say, my refrigerator was running all night, how does that translate to them? 
it's an idiom. We know what we're talking about, but they may not. And so when it came to the word respect, we started putting so much dirt and mud on it that it was like, nah, I can't respect you. And what hurts most for a man is when I see you respecting somebody else, i.e. Mm. their past, mm. their ball, uh, you know, somebody else that's in authority over them. You have no problem at all respecting them or even submitting to them. But when you come home, no, I'm not doing that. You're not going to run me. Right. You're not going to be over me. And that's just, it, it goes back to what Pastor D was saying. It's really just a mindset of this is how I view that word. And sometimes it's just because it's been shown poorly to you. Right. Wow. I don't have anything to say to that. I <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I'm floored right now. Brother Colin, just how do you get this kind of stuff? I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. It ain't nobody but the Lord because um, I, I do consider myself an avid reader. Uh, I'm putting myself in a position of where I'm trying to read uh, four books a month because the one scripture that really has torn at me as a man that many of us don't get is he says, and all you're getting, get understanding. Understand. It talks about because you rejected knowledge, I'm going to also reject you. So what is knowledge? And I've been telling people this for the last three months. Instead of us teaching our kids, giving our kids what we didn't have, PlayStations, TVs in our room, all the stuff that we didn't have, Jordans, whatever it is, teach them something that you didn't know. So teach your kids about the stock market so that they're not ignorant to it. Teach your kids about saving money so that you can say, when I turned 18, I didn't really have a solid foundation to start on. That, that's important. That's more important than them going to school and everybody saying, man, I love them kicks. Yeah, they love the kicks, but then we, we send them to college and they're in the financial aid line with $3,000 worth of clothes on asking for money to go to school. We, we got it backwards. Mm. And mm. so one thing I try to challenge myself to do is I never read read in, in regards to a sermon or trying to pass out a message. I read based on what I'm dealing with. So when I'm struggling in the area, I try to find it in the word because what's new under the sun. Right. So, so if I can find it in the word, then I can begin to read and ask the Lord to show me some kind of revelation to where I can share it with somebody else who may be going through it. So that's what I try to do. It don't make it right, but that's just what I try to do. Well, wow. well, Pastor D, what you got to say? <laughs> After all that, I go ahead and just get off. <laughs> but as Elder was talking, the word that just kept um, illuminating my spirit was priorities. And I think once we begin to get our priorities together and really see what, what the scripture in Matthew, was in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek you first mm. the kingdom of God and his righteousness mm-hmm. and all these things will be added to you. I think that we skip over the seek part and we get so excited about and all these things shall be added to you. Once we begin to seek the things of God and doing what God wants us to do, then there's no struggle for us to begin to receive everything else. Because as I'm seeking, I'm finding out what how, what, what priorities um, need to be in place and you know how I need to go about getting them and seeing them accomplished because I'm seeking God, I'm seeking the kingdom, and I'm getting to know God for myself and really understanding who I am as a man and what I've been called here and what my purpose here on earth to do. Everything else 
it'll begin to fall in place. But if my priority is not together, my whole life is going to be out of order. And how can I lead somebody if I'm out of order? Mm. Wow. Mm. And there's a lot of that and going even on with, in the world. And even with, with Pastor D saying that, um, it's very true that many um, many people are deceived in the, in the mindset of, well, he go to church, but being saved don't stop you from dealing with what we deal with on the inside. What so you could be in a you could be in a business meeting and have somebody say something to you which we take as slick and say, You ain't gonna be talking to me like that in here. Now what that got to do with the kingdom? We talking about putting on a back to school program and I tell you that I don't like your idea and now you ready to go outside and battle. Why is that? Because most men fail to be able to hear the voice of a man saying something to them because it comes across as challenging. Mm. So when you say, oh, no, we shouldn't do it that way, you can say it with all the love and sugar coating that you want to put on there, but because he's become accustomed to hearing a woman's voice, when you say it, nah, bro, you ain't going to be talking to me like that. I hear people a lot in church say this. I felt like they punked me. I, I I wanted to do something because that is still in you. So we're not going to say that it's right, wrong, and different, whatever, that is in you. But once it rises up, that's when you have to identify and say, where is the root to all of this? Why am I upset that that brother said that he don't want to help me do whatever it is? Why am I upset that my wife said that to me? Because it's a root somewhere. That's why I said it can spring up like, uh, uh, that bitter root springs up. That means that the root still in there. Now you might not see fruit growing on it, but as long as the root is there, it has the capacity to grow. All it needs is a little water and some time. Wow, a little water and time. So, so what is it? Oh my goodness, I have so many questions. I'm just typing away. Um, so what is it that you think? Okay, so we have this battle within. Do you think that men or let me say, do you think many men understand that that's what's going on, this battle between the voice of um, a woman versus a man? I think that um, many men today don't feel valued. Um, it's really a self-hate that, they, that they're experiencing because there's no sense of assignment. There's no sense of conviction. Uh, the average man is confused. He don't understand women. He don't understand society because most men are kind of being pushed to the side. We really don't need you. It's the way our society has, has started to groom itself as if we don't need you. And so most men are really frustrated. So the voice that they're hearing on the inside oftentimes is the call to me. I just personally think that it's the Lord that is trying to draw them away from some of the foolishness. But the foolishness of the world is what accepts me for who I am. So I'm comfortable in this foolishness because everybody know my name. Everybody respects me. Everybody treats me like I'm somebody. But when I come over here on this side, I'm treated as if I'm a nothing, a nobody. Uh, many men are battling depression. I just be honest. Most men are dealing with some level and some form of depression, but we don't get it diagnosed. We don't feel comfortable talking to somebody because we're afraid to be vulnerable and really opening our hearts to people because we don't know that in two years where you finally say, that's the reason why your mama did that. 
or that's the reason why your cousins don't, and that's the reason why. And so you've opened yourself up to something that now you may have to hear, you know, and that's that's just not a comfortable place. So I think that that voice that, you know, like you said, because um, I've seen it a lot when I was in Ohio and I would tell a young man, pull your pants up, make sure you tie your shoes. He would do it, but oftentimes I would get this look at him like, you ain't my daddy. <laughs> and, and my point to them when I would always say this, I know that I'm not your father, but I love you enough <laughs> that I'm going to tell you what's right. Right. And, and that's the thing, wow, that's... Go ahead, Pastor D. That's, and, oh, that's, that's good, Elder, because a lot of people, it seems as though that when, when we're trying to tell people the truth, they want to walk away from it or not receive it. And I believe in the Bible says that the truth shall uh, what make you free. John eight thirty two. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to. A lot of people don't want to be free for real because, you know. And I can just only speak for myself. When I feel as though I'm in control of something, Woo! I don't want to relinquish my control to anybody because I feel comfortable with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I am able to tell it what to do how to mm-hmm. do it, when to do it, where to do yeah. it. If I allow another brother to come into my space and then begin to tell me something that I know that is right, but I'm too um, prideful or I, I don't want to really release what what I'm doing wrong because if I release it, then I can't control anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Wait you know, a minute, to, brother. <laughs> you have to elaborate on that some more, yes. So with me, I could say that, you know, I love to spend a whole lot of money that I really don't have. So <laughs> God has, God has, I don't have it yet. Come on, thank you, Holy Ghost. I don't have it yet. So God has placed strong men in my life, and with Elder Colin being one of them, financially, they know how to do things that I don't know how to do. But if I'm, you know, living from paycheck to paycheck, not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and then here, you know, my brother, Elder Coleman, coming in, and God may have showed him something concerning my finances and have given him a plan on how to help me. But I'll feel more or less that I don't have power over my money because only, you know, God can talk to me too the way he talks to you. So why can't he tell me? To, to the same thing he told you. And that's the trick right there that the enemy comes in and we don't want to submit. I'm, you know, I don't know everything. So there's somebody that's, uh, have, that's a little bit more wiser than I am. So why don't I begin to yield myself to their gift to help me out, to get me to where I need to be? We all want to be um the leader of everything, but sometimes you got to have some followers because you can't, in this season, a certain season in your life, you may not have, you, God might not want you to lead right then. So guess what? I'm going to follow my brother, Elder Colton, because I know that his life is lining up with what he's preaching and what he's talking to me about. So I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? I can't control this. I'm going to go ahead and follow my brother because I see the God yes. in him and I see the anointing upon his life. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what, God, I step back. You sent somebody my way to help me get out of what I'm in. So guess what? I'm about to connect with him. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and so let's talk about this yielding because that's come up quite a bit in today's um, and our conversations today. My brother brought it up on our family prayer time about yielding. And apparently they were talking about it in their men's ministry during service, either yesterday or today. And so let's talk about yielding just a little bit. Um, what 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 does it take to help? And I, let me just say this way. First of all, what is the reason for not yielding? The number one uh, reason I would I would surmise would be pride and ego, uh, because most men, regardless of age or stage, even if you go find a little four year old and you say, "Hey, let me help you do that," I can do it. It starts young. Because I don't want you to know that I can't do something. So when you talk to most men, if you really have a conversation with them, they'll always highlight their um, strengths and very rarely talk about their weaknesses. That's why employers became very wise by asking, tell me your strengths. I talked to you for two hours about my strengths. But when you say, tell me some of your weaknesses, we struggle. Because I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to be late four days out the week. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that I'm terrible with uh, organizational skills and time management. I'm not telling you that because I think that that's going to be a reason for you not to hire me. But what it could be is simply a way for them to say, I know not to give him no project. They got no, no, nothing on this as far as time goes, but he's great over here at this and we ain't got nobody that can touch him on this. So you have to learn to be honest again with yourself uh, I love something that uh, King David said to his, his son Solomon on his deathbed. And, and and I'm praying that it don't take men to get on a deathbed to say these kind of words to their sons. But in uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, he says to Solomon, show yourself strong and show yourself to be a man. We got to start telling our young boys that at an early age. Pride has no place for you. It's okay to have some pride in your life, but don't let pride run your life to the point to where even when you notice somebody is there to help you, that you run them off. I give a, a personal testimony real quick, and I let Pastor D go. There was a few years in our in, a, in my life where my wife made way more money than I did when I was first joining the military. They wasn't paying us nothing. But she never made me feel like, I was less than or not good enough or whatever. And so what she did was because she's better at a particular thing, i.e. making sure that everything is paid. Cause I'm like Pastor D, if I see some tires and the light bill do, the lights can wait. I mean, they ain't going to cut them off this time. I wait till I get that second slip. And my wife don't operate that way. As soon as the bill comes, she gathering it. She writing out the checks. And if we got to eat, you know, turkey sandwiches for the next two weeks, that's what we're going to do. I didn't live by that, but I understood that because she's better at this, I don't care that it's my wife and she ain't going to be telling me what to do with the money. That was pure foolishness because you risk losing it all trying to keep control of something that you know you're not good at. Wow. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You know, the thing that was said, that sent to me was that, fear of missing out, that the yielding is there be some fear of missing out, especially what could be for all ages because we got some 80-year-olds that still won't yield. For sure. 
That's right. So what 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 is what is help us out with that? And this I'm gonna tell you this part is not just for men because there's a whole bunch of women. I'm gonna say it this way. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. We feel like if we're not married, we are missing out on something. When that's a season, I can tell you there was a nine-year season for me not to be married, and I had a hard time thinking that I was missing out, and so I'm choosing making the wrong decisions in life because I'm thinking I'm going to miss out on something if I don't get with that. And so how do we, um, from a man's perspective, how do we help with, you know, the fear of missing out, the pride, the um, the ego even at times, and then some of us just knowledge. I think about John, I think it's in John 15 and 5, when it says, oh, I am yes, divine, brother. you are the branches. For without yes. me, you can do nothing. And that really yes, has been one of my scriptures that I just really keep close to my heart, you know. And I'm saying, you know, the Bible says a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtain favor in the Lord. So if there's any uh, women that's listening to this, let the man find you. Why are you trying to yield and do what God say? Let the man find you. Um, but we have to allow God to be in control. You know, I'm single. You know, is I don't even know how long it's been. To God be the glory. Uh, but while I'm single, I'm able to really go full-fledged into the things of God. You know, because when I get married with the family, you know, at a certain time, I got to cut ministry off because my first ministry would be my family. Wow. Wow. While I'm single, I'm able to accomplish some things that I know I would not necessarily be able to do when I say I do because I don't want the wife and the kids to feel as though that I'm paying more attention uh, to the ministry and what's going on in the ministry, but I'm neglecting my household. Mm. Yeah. So I used to feel as though I was missing out, but I began to think about the thing. I'm really not missing out on anything right now, really, to be honest with you. The only thing I'm missing out is, is a nice house, which I can have that being single. Things is I don't have the wife and the kids in the house. So why not go ahead and prepare now and start for the future mm-hmm. as a man, which I'm late on, but to God be the glory, I've got the concept now to be able to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, that's a precedent right there. My God, go ahead, Elder. And then I was going to say, you know, we we often use this word but have no clue about it, and it's called kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. In a a kingdom, it's it's not like a democracy where everybody get a vote, everybody get a say, everybody's opinion matters. Because in a kingdom, you have one king, and what that one king says is what goes. And so there's no ownership in the kingdom. The king owns it all. And oftentimes we find ourselves in a bad position when we start talking about missing out is because if I see this sister over here, this brother over here, get this new house, I'll say, I don't understand why I can't have it. Well, they didn't quit making houses. So just because they got one don't mean that they got yours. Goes for a car, goes for anything else because I, you have to learn that ownership is not a part of the kingdom. Everything belongs to the king. He has set up statutes, commandments, and laws. And if I were to obey those, Pastor D said it earlier, 
Instead of me seeking after those very things, if I just seek after him, all that other stuff is supposed to chase us, money mm-hmm. and whatever else we want. See, we won't do the discipline type things we need to build our credit so we can go get a house. We won't do that. We'll just say we're waiting on the Lord. But he ain't, you know, people tithe because they believe that if I tithe, then I'll get from the Lord. But that's that tithe is just being a part of the kingdom. That's showing that you you belong to this system and not that system. So the sky ain't going to never fall open with a house falling out of it. All you got to do is discipline yourself. Get into some financial counseling. Talk to somebody who can help you with your credit. Build your credit score up, and you can go get anything you want. An 800 credit score is just as powerful as walking around with $100,000 in your pocket. Come on, sir. Woo! Because it speaks to your name. The part that bothered me the most when my credit dropped when we went to Ohio is that it speaks to your name. When somebody pulls your credit report, they're not looking to see a number. They're looking to see, did you pay the people you said you would pay on time? And when that answer is no, then why are you asking me? Sir. So when we start to feel like uh, we're missing out, it's because I'm just I'm I'm actually looking at what somebody else either has or something else that someone else is doing. But if I can just discipline myself, I can have those same things and I can do those same things. And I like what you said earlier. Oh my God! You know, just wow. Oh wow! What happens when your money don't match your ministry? And as Woo! men, we begin to look. We begin to look at. I'm gonna use you, big brother, Elder. Looking at Elder Colin, people will automatically think, "Oh, that brother right there, he's sitting on something." Bank account <laughs> nice. That's what we do as men. We we do it on the low, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we mm-hmm. we don't, yeah. don't want to tell nobody, but in my mind, I'm thinking like, "Oh yeah, he got he he married, got kids, a nice house, got cars, and good job." Oh. He, he he living large, no struggle in his life. But what happens when the people that dress the part, that look the part, but their money don't match their ministry? People are so quick to look at our gifts and the ministry, uh, they begin to try to count the cost, and they really don't understand really how we're supposed to look or how we're supposed to be doing things. And we look at the world, the world system tells us this is how we should be. And then you look at somebody that's not wearing the latest um, uh, clothing person or whatever, whatever the latest fashion is out. You look at that person because they don't have that, and you automatically begin to think, oh, they're poor. But you don't mm-hmm. know, even though they may be riding around in a, um, a nice little Honda or whatever, but they're pulling into the driveway of the three-car garage, the big, nice house. But because we don't dress the part, people begin to look at us differently. It's like we our, our priorities and what the enemy have thrown out before us is just all is distorted. Until we get to that place that we really understand who we are and making sure that God is pleased and not man, not society, we'll be further than where we are now. Yeah, we're consistently and constantly competing with one another, as you said, you know, in silence. So I'm not trying to um, get a house, and I'll just be transparent and honest. I used to have this mindset, well, I want a four or five-bedroom house, 
so that in case somebody come to visit, that's foolish. That's foolishness because now I'm paying an extra $1,500 a month on a mortgage just in case somebody come visit. But the pride of it also was the worst thing we can have is somebody ride by and say, oh, man, that's your house? Man, you doing it. But y'all don't realize that I'm two months behind and I'm hiding out from creditors saying that, you know, just leave me alone. But when I walk out, I got the right stuff on, smiling, laughing. Um, And so that's where when you think about it, young men, the reason why we have so much gang violence, the reason why we have so much, um, I don't even like the term, but just so that people can understand the black on black crime or the whatever, whatever on crime. The reason why is because when I see that you have something that I can't have, I have no other means to get it other than to take it. Wow. You look at a you look at a young man who's in a relationship. She got her own house, maybe two cars. She got her own kids. She's doing well financially. What's the one thing that I do have on you is power. And that's where those issues of sometimes domestic violence and domestic abuse come in because he now feels unappreciated because she quick to tell him, this is my house. You don't like it, you can get out. Kids is telling you, you ain't my daddy. So what do I have to do in here to feel like a man? And oftentimes it's the wrong thing. It's either no conviction when it comes to having kids all around the city, no conviction with um, infidelity, because there's something on the inside that I refuse to deal with that I feel insecure and less than a man, not because of what she said, not because of what she's doing. It started when I was a kid. And I never addressed it. And now I'm 24, 25 years old, trying to be a father, trying to be a husband. And I've never seen it, you know, other than on TV. And we don't have the Cosby show anymore where you see healthy relationships on TV. <laughs> we we now have shows like Power, Empire. And I'm not knocking those shows. And please hear me, anybody that's well, watching them. But that just... That ain't somebody that I would sit down with my son and say, that's the type of man you should be when you get older. But we live in that, we live in that society that's telling us what it, what it means to be a man. And those roles are constantly and consistently changing. And you trying to keep up with those roles and those ideas and those visions that you're seeing, but the Lord done already laid it out. David told, David told his son, he said, um, if you just do these few things, you'll be great. And the few things he told him to do was this. He says, keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that you do. He told him, he said, the promise that he made to me this is how much I love God. I'm almost starting about to cry. He said, this is how much the Lord loves me. Because he promised it to me, I know that I'm dying today, but that promise is going to live on through you. If you mm-hmm. do these things. We're not sitting down with our kids saying, thus saith the Lord. We wait today about 15, 16, and we think that just because we drag them in and out to church every week, that something is going through osmosis get in there. That's not how that works. But we got to start early telling them if you just learn to walk in the ways of the Lord. By the time I see people, some kids that's 18 and they like, he got over $2 million in scholarships. That didn't happen by accident. 
it was a plan set out for that child. And that child did his part by walking out the way that was laid for him. And the parents did their part by making sure that the promises that were made to them came to fruition. We just kind of let our kids go, you know, whichever way the wind is blowing and just say, Lord, just protect and keep them. Well, we got to start putting some word in these children. My God. We can't we can't keep trying to fix broke men. We got to catch them as kids before they get broke. Now, for the broke man that's listening on today, what do we say to him? Reposition yourself. My God. Wow. Jesus. Reposition wow. yourself. Reposition yourself. There's a change in your mindset that God wants to allow to my God to take place in your life now. Change of garments. Take off the old man. My God, take off the old man. Allow God to begin to clothe you with his new garments. And there's a dispositional change. Once you begin to reset, then you shall have and receive the plenty that I promise you, saith the Lord. But there is a reposition that needs to take place, and you have to want that repositioning to take place in your life. There's a change in direction that God is trying to send you down. I can want it for you. Um, Elder Colin could want it for you. If you're married, your wife could want it for you. Your family, everybody around you could want it for you, but you have to know within your heart, this is something that I want. Reroute, replan, redirect, resubmit yourselves. Your calculations of what it should have been has been off, hey. and God said it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. So go back and relaunch. Throw the net back in the same place you thought there was nothing. <laughs> Just because you threw your net in one direction and nothing came to you right then and there, God says reposition yourselves in another direction and see what I begin to do for you. See the things that I have in store for you if you begin to reposition yourselves. My God, my God, Jesus. Mm. Oh, glory, glory. Thank you, Father. (laughs) But there is a repositioning. <laughs> There's a repositioning of Santa Mandobosikia. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's a repositioning. And I promise you, if you reposition yourself the way that God instructs you to do, mm. everything in mm. your life will begin to work out right. That goes to every man that's listening. That goes to every woman that's listening on tonight. There is time for a repositioning. The Lord says, for I am doing a new thing. Can you not see it springing forth? I'm thrusting you into that new place in your life. uh, There's new doors. We've been talking about it, dwelling place. We've been talking about faith that opens doors. When you reposition yourself, and get in the posture of where the Father wants you to be, you will begin to see the new things that God is doing in your life. Don't miss 
the season. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the timing of what God is trying to do in your life. I'm going to be quiet, y'all, because I feel the anointing of God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was right on time, brother. Yes, that was right on time. Jesus. Mm. Reposition. There is a work. We listen, people of God who are listening, because that was a right now word. Allow God to recalculate. Where you've been going? Mm, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. That's such a confirmation. That's such a confirmation. That's such a confirmation for so many. I just I'm getting texts that that was a confirmation for the men of God, the men of God that are texting me right now, brother. That was such a confirmation, Pastor D. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Any last words before we um, pray? And I do want one of you or both of you to pray out. We, we will be continuing this next Sunday. And as the Lord says, hallelujah, can either one of you um, pray out? Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, Pastor D. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we thank you, God, just for everything that you're doing in the lives of your people. God, those that are listening, God, begin to do something new in them now. God, begin to shift something in them right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, don't let us forget where our blessings come from. God, we just thank you, God, for who you are, God, and the things that you are doing for us, oh God. We thank you that after tonight, God, we will no longer be the same. God, our mindset have shifted, God, and we will continue to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in you. God, we thank you right now, Lord God, that we are more than conquerors. Oh God, we thank you, God, that you have given us everything that we need, God, to be able to go to the next dimension, God, that you have for us right now. God, we thank you that your word, the Bible, is the mirror, God, that we can begin to look through the mirror, oh God, we can begin to search the scriptures, God, to begin to pray it, God, to begin to prophesy them to ourselves, oh God. We thank you, God, for everything, God, that you're doing in our lives. God, we come against pride, God. We come against manipulation, God. We come against control. God, we come against every spirit, God, that tries to exalt God against you, God. We come against it all right now, Lord God. And we pray, God, that anything that may be within us, God, that you are not pleased with, God, remove it now, Father. God, remove it right now, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We thank you. God, we stand on holiness, and we know that holiness is right. God, we're not going to compromise our anointing for nothing or for no to seek you. God, we thank you, God, for Reverend Danzia, and God, I pray even now, Lord God, that whatever she puts her hand to, God, whatever you have for her next, God, you begin to bless like never before, Father. In the name of Jesus, God, whatever she begins to think, God, you begin to bless it with her. Right now, Lord God, she's opening up 
up the door for many people, oh God. And we thank you, oh God, for using her as the vessel, Lord God, that that others will begin to reach people throughout this country because of the woman of God. We thank you for this radio station, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you will begin to exceed her abundance now, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. And we thank you for everything that you're doing and what you're about to do. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Get ready. Y'all better get ready. I promise you. Get ready. Posture yourselves in a position to where God will begin to bless you like never before. We talk about miracles, signs, and wonders, but it was a miracle that you're listening to this radio broadcast right now. But watch what God's demonstration and power is coming into your ministries. In every leader that's listening to this, get ready for demonstration and power to come into your ministry like never before. Seeing limbs growing back together. People, you're laying hands on sick, and they can begin to feel tumors shrinking and dissolving. Get ready. Get ready for what God is about to do. Now is our time. Now go and <laughs> walk in it. My God, thank you, Father. Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Yes, Lord. Yes, sir. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm. I just want a few minutes for let's fill this with praise and worship yes. because we cannot go out without praise and worship. Father, we bless yes. you. Hallelujah. Yes, God. We thank you, God. We thank Hallelujah. you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we bless your holy name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you glory, God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for stretching out your hands. Thank you, oh God. We bless yes, your mighty Lord. name. You are yes, worthy, God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I believe in praise. And I believe yes. in worship, and I believe yes. in being obedient. So we have to fill it with yes. praise. I hope yes. you gave God a praise yes. right there. If you're listening, I hope you bless the Lord right there. Feel that thing and declare it from your mouth, and that it is so in the name of Jesus. You can't have it if you don't declare it. I'm trying to tell you, it's in your mouth. And when you speak yes, it, God. it draws. It draws to you, and when it draws to you, all you got to do is just keep walking and step right on in it. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, we got to go. Oh, my goodness. My spirit is stirred. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Lamb of God. Holy Lamb of God. Holy Lamb of God. Holy Lamb of God, thank you so much, my brethren. I know it's late on, on the hour for you all, and I appreciate you all so much. I'm telling you, people of God, what the men of God have spoken over your lives to help your understanding, first of all, and then to press your spirit in. You better receive that. I'm saying right now, receive that tonight. 
receive that for an eternity because it is so. I hear you. I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. Thank you for the men of God. I bless God for you both, and I say thank you. We're closing out on tonight, and I can't wait for you two to join us again. We're going to go a little deeper talking about the battle within, and I want to take your questions, so don't forget to hit us up on Facebook. Oh, my. What is my Facebook? I don't even, I can't think of it right now, but <laughs> I think it's my name. Dancing. <laughs> I think it's my name. Uh, which one is it? Lord Jesus. Y'all know, look up Kingdom Authority, just kind of search to do something. It's my name, Dancia. Um, I'm getting a text. Okay, Dancia Jones Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Dancia Jones Morris, y'all, y'all hit me up. I'm about to go into prayer right here after this. Um, Dancia Jones Morris, and I want you to make sure and like both and follow both Elder Colin Lewis, C O L I N Lewis, L O U I S, L O U I S, and Pastor D. He has a ministry that's going strong. I listen to him throughout the week, and it's Pastor Dartanian, D A R T A M E O N, D A R. Did I get that right? Yes, yes. D A R T A M E O N. I'm not sure what I'm saying right now. Leonard. L-E-O-N-A-R-D. If you go to my Facebook site, I'm attaching them to everything. Follow them. When you're in Virginia, you have to go hear these men of God. I'm telling you, such a powerful word comes from both of them. And we honor God. Talking about the battle within for men. So much for joining Kingdom Authority broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. I'm grateful to our host, our main host and leader, Dr. Reverend Donna Ganny, all the way in Brooklyn, New York. Such a privilege and blessing for her to extend this time for us. God bless you and have a great night. Bless you. Amen. Be blessed.